what up what up what up it's free fosh and i think that this will be the last episode in season one it's been a couple of days um since i've talked to you guys uh, there's been a few things that have happened but there's just one in particular that i want to tell you about that i want to share with you and um I think that it will help you in some way. Here you go. Okay, so last week was kind of rough in a way. And I say that because honestly, the week before, it seemed to be brewing on the job. Um, things were starting to take a turn and honestly I think it all kind of started when one of my co-workers returned from being sick well she was out originally for coronavirus and so she was out for a cup for like two weeks and then she came back for a couple of days and then she went home and then her son shot through the wall and shot her in the back in the kitchen he was cleaning the gun and shot her so then again she was out again from work so with her being gone things were ran a little different before she left everything with us was cool I even remember us, she sitting on one computer, I was sitting on another computer, and we were, looking, we were both car shopping. Oh yeah, you guys, I got me a car. But anyway, I'll tie that in with this. But we were friends, we were cool. You know, well, I wouldn't say we were friends, because the conversation of friends is a whole nother topic, which will probably be a podcast. But she's an associate. She's a co-worker. So, I initially felt like she was cool. So, she left. When she came back, because everything had kind of shifted. Once she left, they had to do a lot of um, filling in. Because, you know, it's one person missing to do her position, to do her job. So they did a lot of, you know, let's do this and that to make it work. Let's, you know, teamwork, make the dream work, right? So they adjusted things to a certain extent. And everything was running real smooth. No problems. You know, me and the lady up front that I sit with, she was there. You know, everything was cool. And... This girl comes back, and you can tell that the atmosphere changes. She is a very messy person. And when I say messy, I mean pull you to the side, whisper about what's going on in the back. Let me tell you about what's going on over here. You know, and then to a certain extent, you know, she, like, again, I say, she was a cool person. So, she didn't gossip all the time but she gossiped a lot 
And it seemed like the negativity picked up when she came back. First of all, when she came back, she didn't like the new arrangement on how things were done. She wanted it to be the old way. And instead of saying, hey, when you, when you pull back my patience, can you do it this way? Instead of doing that, she comes up snatching stuff, throwing things, getting the attitude. I'm not going to keep coming up here to do this such and such and such and such. And it's like all it warrant, all all that it warrant was a conversation. So the tension was so thick, and I had took a walk to the back to the bathroom, and I hear my name, and she's like, "Well, Bree, she um she's doing she's signing them in and." She's doing it this way. I ain't used to that. I can't tell. I can't see on my screen when they checked in or not. You know, ironically, everybody else can see when their patients are checked in, but you can't. Okay. You're the only one that don't know. Okay. You can't ask anyone else. Okay. So, I stepped out and I said, what about Bree? And she was like, well, when you put them in, I said, well, let me let me clarify something for you. Because originally it was once they walk in, you go ahead and you drop them in and we pull them back. That was the original way to do it. When she left, they had to come up with another way to do it because they were short-handed. So you couldn't just let everybody come on back when there wasn't enough people to take care of the patients. So they had this system where they... They would sign in. We would see how many rooms were available. And then we would concentrate on how many we pull back versus how many are leaving. Simple. So, you know, and she's going on and on about that. But my boss told me that with the big change, as long as you sign the patient in first, not check them in. Check them in is when you do a full registration. When you sign them in, you click sign in. It let, lets the person in the back know that there is someone sitting in the waiting room. They are not checked in, but they are here. They are present. They are signed in. Again, I'm not really sure why she doesn't know that. I'm clueless to the fact of why she doesn't understand or doesn't know how to look at her screen. And see what's what. Not my issue. I'm only doing a job. I'm only here to do a job. Because this is not my last stop. This is a stepping stone to where I'm trying to go. So. That was the first big thing. And I really don't think we. Had a moment to resolve that. So it was still up in the air. So as a week or two go by. The tension is different. Everything's different. And then the lady that sits with me is having issues on her own self because, you know, she's an older lady like my dad. She has issues with her knees. And, you know, the people, and when I say the people, I mean the directors. I mean the people that's over the clinic have an issue with granting her you know, that leniency, like, okay, well, I understand that your knees are bothering you, so I don't expect you to come back here and walk around. You know, you, I just need you to come in and help here or there. Which, 
when you have knee problems like that at that age, it's very painful. Very painful. You know, so, and I know because my dad had knee problems and my dad ended up getting surgery for it and they still let him go. Like, they still made him retire. Even though he went through with the surgery, he went, he went through with the surgery in the hopes that, you know, once he healed up, he would be able to go back to work. But no, they kind of forced him to retire. You know, it's it's uh, not not the best thing in the world to have bad knees. And, you know, and I understood that because my dad went through that. So I sympathize with her for that. Now, she, however, instead of understanding that the only person that can really call shots and they can really tell you what you can and cannot do is the director. The director calls the shots. She gives it to the supervisor. She tells the supervisor, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. So the supervisor is going to do what the director tells her to do. She's going to tell them she's going to do X, Y, and Z. The X, Y, and Z was to tell her that she had to come to the back and help, even though she has a doctor's excuse that says she is not supposed to be on her knees. So, of course, she automatically feels that the supervisor is against her and wants her out and wants to get her out. But the supervisor is feeling like, I don't want to tell her that. Why you can't call and tell her that she needs to get up? Why do I have to do that? So... The supervisor walks up to me one morning when she comes to work and she says to me, I really wish she understood that I'm not trying to have anybody lose their job. But there are a lot of things going on that she does not know that are going on behind her back with the director. And she said that she just did not want anybody to lose their job that's not what she wanted she's not like that she only had to call the shots that the director called and told her to do she calls the director the the director says i need you to do x y and z and she does her job this is the reason why i never want to be anybody's supervisor now i can be the ceo but i don't want to be the supervisor because, see, the CEO can be like, okay, you got to go. Let me try something else. The supervisor doesn't have that doesn't, doesn't have that power. The supervisor can only report back to the director and let the director make the decision on what to and not to do. So, again, the situation is like, it's, it's madness because it's, he say, she say, they say, they heard, they they did this, they did that. So, what I gather is because the messy girl works in the back next to the supervisor. The messy girl says, she comes up, she tells the lady that sits up front with me, they out to get you. They're not your friend. X, Y, and Z. And, of course, that being her friend, she says, oh, yeah, is that right? So, now, whatever they say is Bible. 
yet I had her come tell me something completely different and it contradicts everything that the messy girl is saying now who do I believe I don't know none of these people I haven't been there long enough to know anybody and to know whether or not they are a liar to know whether or not they are messy or anything like that however I do know character I'm aware of character if you are a messy person you cannot be trusted period if every time I see you, you sneaking and you whispering in somebody's ear or huddled up in the corner, you cannot be trusted because you are someone that just has to give the tea. You have to tell what's going on. That is your personality. That is who you are. Why, when it comes to your job and your well-being, would you call up under the messy person? And follow behind them. I don't know, but that is what she did. And in result of that, she's now being moved out of the area. They're moving her from her position to another position. Because she copped the attitude and said, well, she ain't going to do. I ain't going to do this and X, Y, Z. I want to show my friends how tough I am. And these friends cannot save you, nor can they pay your bills. Neither one. So, with all of this drama going on, and I see the looks and stuff that I get from this girl, and I'm a very, my temper is very, very, very bad. I have a very bad temper. So, to see her staring at me or feel her looking at me, and I look at her, and she turned her head, but I saw you. I'm my peripheral staring me in my face, like, you tough or you hard or whatever. I said, okay. Okay. So, there have been times where I have come up front and things are being said and then all of a sudden everybody get quiet. So, you know they're talking about you when they do that. So, again, <laughs> I decided, well, you know what? Let me take out my recorder hit record so I take out my phone and I hit record and I record while I go to lunch go downstairs to lunch I was gone for about 15 minutes I come back upstairs and I get my phone now this is I think on a Tuesday give or take so by Tuesday I had forgot the fact that on Monday, one of my other co-workers, Nicole, she didn't, she wasn't at work that morning. I have Nicole's phone number. I have Nicole's phone number. I have the supervisor's phone number. So they was like, where's she at? And nobody hadn't heard from her. So I text, I was like, well, let me text her and see where she at. And then the lady was like, oh, you have her phone number? I was like, yeah, I've been having her phone number. I had that phone number for a long time. And she was like, oh, okay, you know. You know, and I, and I honestly, in that moment, I didn't catch it. I didn't think nothing of it because at the end of the day, it's completely innocent. I'm not messy. I don't care about what y'all talk about. I'm not interested. I don't need to huddle up with somebody to be happy or keep, uh, or you know what I'm saying, keep myself 
going or, or whatever it takes for a messy person to be messy. I'm not sure why people are messy, but whatever it is that they get off of being messy, I don't need that. But I text Nicole, she texts me back, you know. And like I said, the next day I hit record. Instantly in love to catch the messy girl talking about me. Which is real childish, might I add. So, I just kind of had a feeling like something ain't right. Something in the milk ain't clean. So, instead of, I didn't really listen to it that day. But the next day, I had an overwhelming feeling to listen to my recording. So, I pull up my recording and I wait till I get to my car so I can hear it, you know, from inside my car. And lo and behold, I hear the lady that sits up front with me. The lady that I talk to about my girls. The lady that I tell a lot of my stories about. The lady I talk about with my, I talk about my men too. The lady that I somewhat saw as someone I can talk to. Not necessarily a friend, but someone that I can confide in or talk to or laugh with, you know, and have work past the time she gets on and she says you know what we got to watch Bree because she got Nicole's phone number and I know she be running back and telling Nicole everything we say her and Nicole real cool now and that's the reason why she be taking up for Kim now because um, her and Nicole and Kim are friends so I'm like, no, I just literally, I just have her phone number because she gave it to me. I don't have her phone number to give her any tea. And no, I did not pull her to the side and tell her that y'all were talking about her. I haven't said anything. It's not my business. It's not my place. And I don't care. I have too many things going on to care. I don't care about what you're talking about. A lot of times when they talk, they have to tap me on the shoulder. To, oh, you're not paying attention. Oh, uh, no, I ain't paying attention because I don't be. I be in my own world. I have other things going on. I could care less. You're not that important to me. Now, you may be messy and everything that somebody does, you have to uh, be a part of. I'm just not that person. You know, so when I heard that, I sat in my car and I cried. My feelings were really, really hurt because it's like, I don't know you. I really don't know anybody in Shreveport. And if I didn't have, if I didn't have Bay and I didn't have girls, I, I would really just still be alone because I don't have friends here. You know, my friends are back home, so I don't have friends here. But, you know, I simply was just like heartbroken like why would this lady do that why would she talk about me like that she could have simply asked me that she didn't have to do that so when I got to work the next day you know after I had him a little counseling session with Bay, and I told him what I was gonna do I was so mad so I got to work and I, and I said I wasn't going to react with my emotions I wasn't gonna pop off and then like that and I didn't I just let her know that I was really hurt that she was saying those things. And she literally tried to give me a rebuttal like, you know, well, 
I know it's it's not it's not what it seems. You know, when we talk about people, we just be playing. You can't talk about somebody and be playing. It's called being messy. You're messy. You are messy. You are. And here I am trying to catch this girl and not catch you. So I am. My feelings are hurt. Well, in the midst of all that, the lady ended up crying and saying she was sorry. She felt bad that she hurt my feelings. She felt like she hurt my feelings by saying that she couldn't trust me. I don't care if you can't trust me or not. I haven't done anything to you for you not to trust me. I sit in the corner. I write in my book. I work on I, I work on something dealing with my business. I'm thinking about things that I can do for my organization. I'm thinking of a podcast. Hello. I do a lot of things. So to simply you know I kept asking her, can you explain to me why I can't just be someone that comes to work and stays to themselves? Why is it that I cannot just be that? Why, because I have someone's phone number, do I have to be a messy person that's running everything y'all say up here back to that person? Why is it that I have to be that because I have our phone number? Why can't I simply not just be a person that stays to themselves? Why is that? Think about it. When have you seen me get up? You see me get up and go to lunch at 11 o'clock. Everybody is still in clinic doing patients. So nobody's going down with me to talk. I'm not pulling anyone to the side because you're sitting next to me. So if someone's up here talking, you see me whispering in their ear when they're standing up here. You know, so when was it that I was supposed to be running stuff back? When was I supposed to be giving somebody to run around when I sit right here all day and nobody hardly talks to me because I'm always in my own world? Anyway, long story short, the messy girl turns me into HR because I recorded her in Louisiana. It is against the law to record someone without their permission or without one person's consent to be recorded. So, with that being said, (laughs) my job was on the line. And I sat not worried like, oh my God, I'm lose my job oh my god because that was never the case it was more like if I lose my job what am I gonna do as far as work I have a man that would step in and help me which he said you don't need you don't have nothing to worry about because if that if it does come to that then I got you and of course, me being me, I'm going to be back on my feet. So I wasn't worried about it. I was far from worried about it. And then I had to have a conversation with God like, okay, so although I did do this to myself by being stupid and falling and falling for just wanting to know what someone is saying about me to the point where I would hit record, I was really disappointed in myself for that. Let me say that very disappointed I was very disappointed that I allowed that situation 
to bring me so far out of character that I cared enough to know what the messy, miserable girl was saying about me behind my back. When even if if I had caught her saying something, what was I going to do? Punch her in the face and lose everything? No. Pull her to the side and try to talk to her? She's a messy girl. What is that going to do? That's not going to fix anything. That's who she is. What was it going to do for me? Other than probably same situation. Me possibly about to get fired because I recorded her. Anyway. A day went by. No call from HR. But the supervisor called me and she was like, well, I just want to let you know, you know, that they turned you in to HR. So you might as well be ready for that. And I was like, I'm cool. You know, at this point, me and Bay had a conversation like, you know, hey, I can file for unemployment. And while I file for unemployment, I can I have be able to do my business full time with that small blanket. And he would pick up the pieces where I couldn't pick them up at. And I know I can hustle. I can make money. I would be able to probably pay all my bills within three days of selling things. I could pretty much work for myself. But I I kept having that conversation with God like, but am I ready for that yet? Am I ready to just be out there on my own like that? I prayed about it because it had, you know, it had become a thing. Like, it's a great possibility that this is what I'm going to have to do because I'm about to lose my job. I'm about to lose my security blanket. So I prayed, I talked to God, and I was like, well, God, if this is it, if this is the push, you pushing me out the nest, knowing my wings ain't, de- ain't fully developed yet, but you're going to push me out this nest. So I can fly on my own. I guess I'm ready if you feel like I'm ready. And that was that's where I was with it. If God felt like I was ready, then he would push me out this nest. So day three comes. And again, I'm not necessarily feeling like, oh my God, I'm panicking. I never panicked. Not one time did I panic. Because at the end of the day, my help comes from the Lord. It always has. There have been times when I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And I heard God say, it's going to be all right. I got you. And I ain't sweating no more. I heard God heard what he said. I didn't sweat it. And this time, I never even broke a sweat. Never broke a sweat once. Although when I went in there for the talk... (laughs) They called me in the office, and I went in, and the lady was like, well, you do know that it's against the law, and we have to send it to legal. It's not a decision that HR can make. It's a decision that has has to be a legal decision on whether or not you can keep your job. You know, and just the way she made it sound, made it sound really serious, like I was going to lose my job. So I had pretty much accepted the fact that, hey, I'm getting ready to be self-employed. And I was okay with that. And I low-key was ready for that. I was ready for the challenge. I was ready. 
So I went home. I left there and went home early. And I talked to my dad, you know, and, and you know, he kind of, you know, rebuttaled the same thing. Like, hey, you do know that you can get unemployment. Maybe you can file for bankruptcy because I just got a new car, you know, and you can do what you got to do, you know. But it's going to be all right, you know. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that. I, I felt like it was going to be okay. Like, as far as me being able to get back on my feet. I wasn't worried about that. So, a couple of days go by, you know, and work was real tense because the girl was walking around like she got me. She got me to lose my job. And that's another thing, too. You have to be an evil bitch. And I said, just like I said, an evil bitch. You got to be an evil bitch to want to take away somebody's well-being, to want to get somebody fired from their job. From something that you could have just had a conversation about. Number one, you're childish. And number two, you're just a miserable bitch. But anyway, I digress. So she walking around like she got me, you know, acting funny. And then the other little lady that comes around, she ain't talking to me either because that's her friend and they ain't, you know, they in the clique. So the clique ain't talking. So the lady that sits up front with me, I, I, my guy, you know, my God is a merciful God. And forgiveness is everything. Beyond it all, no matter what I'm dealing with, I'm going to forgive. So I walked up to her and I told her, I said, I just want you to know, regardless of anything, me sitting here, I said, I forgive you for what you did. I forgave you the moment you asked me to. You, The moment you apologized, I forgave you then. I was done with it. I said, I don't have anything against you. I said, you are my elder and I respect you. I will never disrespect you or anything like that. If I said anything out of anger, I apologize. But you have to know where, where I was standing. And we had an understanding and we talk now. I'm not going to say we're cool because I don't trust her. But we talk now. And everything between me and her is copacetic. So the other two, they just don't talk to me. And that's fine. They don't have to talk to me, especially the messy girl. I would rather her stay away from me. It's probably for her, it's probably in her best interest to stay away from me. If I wasn't a CEO, I would have got fired. Because I would have whooped her. But I'm a CEO of my own brand. I have a platform. I am somebody. And unfortunately, when I took that and I decided that I was going to be that, I have to keep in mind that I have a lot of things riding on my name. So acting a fool and showing my ass is not going to get me nowhere. I have to remember that I'm a CEO. Not just somebody that's just laying around doing nothing with my life and being messy and want to hug up and be up under the people. Whatever. So, they called me about two days after that, and it was my supervisor, and he was like, of course, <laughs> well, they're just going to write you up. That's what he said. They're just going to write you up. You know, it wasn't, it's not really, it was a serious matter, but it's not serious enough to fire you, 
And then we were going to move you somewhere else, but we're not going to move you because the supervisors there vouch for you and they want you to stay. They want you to stay in that area. And I was like, supervisors, because the one I talked to on the phone, you know, she didn't really know what's going on because she is at home. So apparently the director wanted to keep me another, maybe another other two of the supervisors is there wanted to keep me that I'm not an issue or a problem and then he said now what they are doing they are looking into this other and he was like this other problem they're looking into it so in other words the messy girl is about to get hers because over and over again they have told her and the other little lady to stay from up front. That they cannot be up front. Yet here she is up front. Being messy and starting all kind of stuff. So. With that being said. For me. God made the decision. And when I say God made the decision. I have my job back. Therefore, I should keep my job because I'm not ready to branch off by myself. Not to mention that I'm not ready to branch off and let somebody else be my security blanket. I'm just not. I don't want my man to be my security blanket. Maybe when he's my husband, maybe. I would rather be his partner, not someone that's beneath him not necessarily beneath him but I want to stand beside him not stand behind him with my hand out if that makes sense I want to stand beside him I want us to have everything we're going to have together together I want us to do it together I want us to raise the girls together so real team but when it comes to my business, it's not necessarily that. Unless we get married and then, hey. But, at the end of the day, what it is, is God spoke and said, this is what I want you to do. You're going to continue working here. We're going to continue on as we are. I need to find time management. (laughs) I need to manage my time better so that I can feed everything into everything. I have so many things going on, but I I have the things that I have going on, I can manage. I just need to prioritize do better with my timing including the podcast hello so that's what happened with that and me and Bay are in love on another level <laughs> it's scary because you know how you get in that gray area it ain't necessarily a gray area you get in autopilot and things are just running smooth and you know it's the you coming over tonight yes and 
You know, everything you want is smooth, and then there's that fork in the road, and it's like the fork is either gonna rip the road apart, or you'll be able to, if if it's you and somebody and y'all on the same page, the fork in the road will be nothing. It will be nothing. And we have moments where not necessarily a fork, but like a bump in the road, a crack on the street, and a, a pothole. <laughs> a pothole but this man loves me y'all he loves me and I don't doubt it I, I see it in his eyes I see him falling in love with me I see him falling in love with me over and over and over again I've never all the men that I've ever dated never seen a man fall in love with me so many times you know, I know because I fall in love with him too. I know what it look like. I know what it feel like. I, I hear him say things. And he don't be just saying it just to say it. He says it like he mean it. He look me dead in my face and my eyes. And tells me how much he loves me. And he shows me how much he loves me. He is invested in everything that I do. as Even as far as just the conversation. When I need it, he's there for me. He is amazing. He is amazing. And I love him in words that I could never express. <laughs> I am so blessed. And y'all, I got a new car. Again, I sang. I'm blessed. God's blessed me. And the only thing I need to do more of is give God more of my time. You know, we ask so much of God. God, can you? God, can you? Jesus, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, help me, Lord. But we don't take the time out. We don't give him the time that he deserves. Like, we don't give him that. And we should. We should give God more time because God is always right there when we need him. He's always there. No matter what we've done, he's merciful. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is everlasting. I am so grateful that I know him. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. But anyway, I'm wrapping up this podcast. And at the end of the day, this is episode 5 of season 1. So... Season two, I will start the breakdown, and it will be pretty much me doing a series on my books. So I'll probably do five episodes of Bought for a Price Volume One, five episodes of Bought for a Price Volume Two, and so on and so forth, because I'm still writing three and four, and then five. And the way things are going, there will be a book six. So, I want to have the books done by Christmas. So that I can do um, around November-ish. I can do some, you know, promotions and things to get the books out for you guys. And I'm excited. Because I'm excited for everybody to read my story. Hopefully they learn something in the midst of all that. 
on anyway. That's what's coming up. So you stay tuned. And again, I appreciate you guys. All of you guys that listen to my podcast, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to my podcast of me rambling. And I'm going to do better about that. So, (laughs) but I do ramble a little, but I really, this story today, I really felt like somebody needed to hear it. So I shared it. But anyway, I see you guys and I'll talk to you. Well, I won't see you guys, but I will talk to you guys in a little bit, in a little while, in a couple of days, in a week or so. Just stay tuned. (laughs) Brief Ash out. Thank you.